Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McKay, bring on a guest to discuss a video game that is special to them from their past. And on the show, we talk as much about what made playing that game fun and special and what the guest may have loved about it, as we will, about the context of when they enjoyed it for the first time. Usually it's the first time. Sometimes it's a revisit. It's hard to say. Every episode's different. Uh, A little bit of housekeeping for the show is uh, there's a few ways you can support us uh, if you've been enjoying the show. You can, of course, check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio. That is where we host a ton of bonus content uh, weekly. So if you like this show, if you like video games, a comedy show, inside video games with July or reactivators, you will find a ton of stuff there, uh, including a monthly bonus episode of this show where I sit down with a group of people and discuss a meaningful game. The most recent one that we did was God of War, uh, the 2018 reboot. Um, You can also rate and review us on the Apple Podcast Store. And if it's uh, nice and not mean-spirited, I'll even read it on the show. Uh, And then you can share the show with a friend, whether they love the game we're discussing today, video games in general, or a big gosh darn fan of the guest we have on today, which I'm guessing they are. Um, And yeah. That's a few ways you can support the show, but I couldn't do this alone. So I am joined today by a guest, uh, which is generally always the first time, but today I'm here with Ronnie Adrian. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it, hey, how's it going, everybody? Um, I'm like, just, I'm sort of imagining their responses. It seems, it seems mostly positive is, yeah, is what I'm yeah. imagining. No, That's there's, a people, there's a lot of people who turned it off. There's some people okay. who turned it off. Like, oh, it's him? Uh, <laughs> stop. I think they're happy to hear you, but as soon as they were addressed to like, I don't like that. I like to be a fly in the wall. Um, well, uh, so glad to have you here. I know uh, you like I know the majority of guests from who guest on this show through the Los Angeles improv community. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this and I do specifically know when we met, but I had been aware of you for a while. Um, this is when I reveal I had been stalking you for years, Ronnie. Oh, OK, um, great. Which so you're gonna enjoy this. Um, the first time we met was actually on the set of this like YouTube pre Super Bowl big game thing at the YouTube space. Do you remember doing this job? That I think like uh, I do because I think that's the only time that I've been to the YouTube space. <laughs> uh, uh, what we're talking about, and I yes. remember it because I think it was. I think I was doing it, and me and Dave Tooney. Yes, Tooney was there. Were uh, were uh, a part of this thing, and I think the guy Flula his name Borg. is Borg. Yes, Flula <laughs> Borg. He was like the main guy or whatever. Yeah. Um, he was like the host of a show or something, and me and Dave were like the leaders of his band or something like that. That's and right. And we both played basses. <laughs> <laughs> I could not remember the details for the life of me. I just knew that Flula Borg was there, which that's how I became familiar with him. But I guess he was also in like uh, the Pitch Perfect movies or one of them. Oh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. He think he's in the second one or something. Yes. Um, but I think I, I was helping because I was working a lot of uh, digital production jobs with the production company who was doing that one uh, for YouTube. And... I, but I was also taking classes and stuff at the time. So I think I was like maybe literally on like the like a, a talent assistant for that, just signing people in. And I think I was like, uh, hey, uh, I, I, you do UCB and I have like seen you perform or whatever. And 
I'm sure you were perfectly nice, but I honestly don't remember how it went. Honestly, I don't remember that either. So. <laughs> I mean, um, I hope I can only hope that I was very rude to you. You know what? Um, I don't hope that, but I I totally understand why you would. So that's fair. Um, so that's how we would have actually met. But I think we probably just got to know each other by me just hanging around the theater and doing shows and going to see shows. Um, but also, I think I mentioned this on the episode that Carl was on, but Wack and I barely knew you two. You and Carl asked me to do uh, a sketch at Legitimate Goddamn Theater with you guys. Okay, well, it was a play, not a sketch. Well, you're right. It is. It is. They are specifically plays, not sketches. Um, right. But uh, yeah, you guys were the first people to ever get me on the Frank or like it was sunset, but get me on a UCB stage outside of class. So I remember being like really excited and like, Oh my gosh, how's this going to go? And it was such a good time. Yeah. What's funny is I, that was, that's one of those things that, cause sometimes me and Carl would do something and they would do it. And I'd be like, Oh, that's really good. But then yeah. we never do anything else with it. It's just what uh-huh. it is. It's just like you had to be there. And then if you weren't there, everyone's forgot it, including <laughs> the people who did it. Yeah. <laughs> But like, there's a part of that because essentially the idea is like two different uh, musicians at a crossroads. So yes. like, Carl's like a rapper who's just rapping about anything that like anybody wants to hear. So it's like not really. There's not much substance to it. Yeah. And I'm like a straight up like common, but like even to the nth degree yes. type rapper. All is conscious and stuff like this. And um, and there's a part of that where like uh we both kind of rap in our respective zones. Yes. And I can't remember to rap at all. But I just remember <laughs> being like, man, this is so funny to me. Uh, this uh-huh. thing. And then we put Connor in a daishiki. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I will ever get away with wearing one. Um, I like to think of myself as a little pre Nancy Pelosi. I sort of set the bar for Pelosi in the Senate. Um, yeah, that was a, that was such a good time, and I remember just uh, yeah. I also was like seeing people who was who were in the green room that I had known from not just UCB but like some SNL people were there, and I was just like, it was a really cool moment for me. Is all I was trying to say. So uh, belatedly, I think you've said before like, hey, I didn't actually want you on that. I think Carl made me do it, but uh, mm-hmm. still thankful that you included me in that. And um, I'm still taking that same stance. I good. did not want you. I wish I could have got any other person. Gosh, and man, so many people must have must have been said no because there's a lot of people uh, like me in that scene. Um, but uh, I'm glad you're <laughs> no, sti- <laughs> Connor. There's no one like you. Oh, that could either be really nice or really mean. I'm gonna, hey, I just said what I said, and I'm leaving it at that. <laughs> um, but that's how we know each other. I lingered on that for a while, but of course, uh, I know you. You know, because you were a performer at UCB for a very long time. You show ran. You ran Cage Match there, and you ran an independent show, Tuesday Night Thunder, forever. Um, but what do you want people to know about you? You're you're an actor. You write. But, yeah, anything you want to share with the listener? I mean, sure. I mean, well, yeah, I'm an actor. I write. Uh, I'm a musician. I make music. Um, I, I mean, I think that's the thing that I try to focus on the most. I mean, there's a, other, there's, there's a lot of other – there's a lot of other – I mean, just those th- – elements all oh, those yes. different elements uh i mean there's a lot of things that distract me from doing that constantly <laughs> but 
those are things that when I sit down and say, what are things that I really want to do or focus on? It would be those things. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Well, well, we got it. Um, I was uh, said something to you uh, before the episode, but you were recently on an episode of uh, television, my friend. You were on episode two of Grand Crew, brand new show on NBC. So if the list, if you're listening to this, which I know millions of people are, go check out that show if you haven't already. Um, and if you're listening to this way in the future, like four or five years down the line, hopefully it's still on and catch up on it if you haven't watched it yet. It's, it's a great show. And with each season, uh, season three really hit its stride. Yes. Um, so I'm telling you right now, you got to If you haven't watched it, you got to catch up with it. And if have you fallen off, maybe you were like, ah, season two wasn't my bag. I'm telling you, jump back on the ship. It oh, really, yeah. it really came back strong. It really did. And and coincidentally, it, it hit its stride at the same time that Ron Ron started to be in more and more episodes, and I think actually became part of the Grand Crew. Right, right. I mean, it was uh, it's been a really great trajectory for that show. So yeah. hey, twenty twenty five uh, listeners, go ahead and go ahead and start watching that. Binge that. Go ahead and binge that. Uh, we we often predict the future on the show accurately, so this is just another one of those uh, many times. Uh, was there anything? We can plug stuff after the show, and I can put stuff in the show notes. Are you? Do you want anyone to know about anything you've been up to, or, or not? Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, what is there to say? I don't have. I mean, I do have stuff, but not anything that I could think of right now. Being like, please, please in, engage in this thing of mine. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself and getting me t- uh, and letting me uh, share about you as well. Um, we are here, of course, to discuss some. Hold on, just uh, one second, Connor. I gotta yes. say, and I think this is very funny. Your NPR's, <laughs> your NPR <laughs> voice is killing me. Hi, and welcome to Call Me by Your Game. Um, you know, a little house cleaning for you. I was like, am I this kind of a cave or is this Terry Gross? <laughs> the amount of times that I have gotten that from uh, people is uh, has become unsurprising, but it was at first astounding and. It's uh, it is fun to hear consistently from people about that, or people who listen to the show who don't know me and are like, "Wow, Connor's his voice. He's really got this like NPR ASMR thing going on." <laughs> and uh, well, so thank you. Um, and I'm gonna keep that consistently. Johnny, uh, Johnny was recently on the pod, our, our mutual friend Johnny Sforsbein, and he. He attempted the entire time to throw me off, and I was like, Johnny, I knew you were going to come in with this energy, and it's not happening. Um, but uh, yeah, it's fun. Um, we're here to talk about video games, so we're going to do that. We have, uh, uh, of course, want to get into your history with games in general, but Ronnie, would you tell the listener what game we're going to be discussing for the main event later? The game we're going to be discussing is the game Hitman, if you have not seen the informational part of the episode where like when you <laughs> click on it and go like who's the guest and what are they talking about if it's just something that happens like sometimes people tell me that a podcast will stop and then another one will just start and they don't see what's oh, happening sure, yes so if you haven't even looked one time then it's hitman now the you game know is hitman yeah sometimes people play you know you hit the play next button so you wouldn't know but yeah hitman the the 2016 uh sort of uh reboot if you will but I'm looking forward to chatting with you about that. But first, let's do it. Let's get into your general history with games. I would love to know when you first took an interest uh, in video games. 
when I was a little boy. <laughs> I guessed it. Um, yeah. So where remind me where you grew up and when? How did you come in? Like, how did you gain an interest in games? I grew up in mostly South Carolina. I'm from South Carolina. Gotcha. And you know, I lived in Virginia uh, in between from like six to like twelve, mm-hmm. and. That was probably the first real um, era of my life where, like, I really got into video games. Okay. A friend of mine, he he had an older brother, and and he was kind of spoiled. Uh-huh. Uh, so I would go to his house. He's like my best friend. He was like younger than me, like maybe like by three grades. Okay. And but I would go to his house. And he had like sisters that I didn't have. So like he had the Sega or something or and it was kind of like going to his house, playing the games there that would then make me go, I got to ask my mom for this. My mom's uh-huh. a single parent. So anytime asking <laughs> for anything was always like as an adult, I could understand how troubling or not even troubling, <laughs> but just like how much of an ask it was to yes. be like, hey, mom, buy this for me. Buy this for me. <laughs> like as a single mom taking care of uh, two children at the time. Yes. Um, but as a kid, it's like you had a job like <laughs> buy this. That's what your job is. How much so, can it be? Seven bucks? <laughs> right. Exactly. So that was how I then started to accumulate my systems, though. Very Started cool. off with a Nintendo, then it was a Sega, then Super Nintendo, Ooh. Game Gear, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Okay, so you really got into it. Oh, I really did. I was a big. I was. I'm not an only child, but I'm the youngest, and okay. my sister is older than me. I'm the only boy, so a high school girl wants nothing to do with a little <laughs> child. <laughs> yes. So I did spend a lot of time by myself. So games were one of those kind of things that at home, that's what I was doing. Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. Uh, that really helps paint the that like this like early picture. Do you remember there being an early game that like really caught your interest in that sort of time? I mean, I guess I would say a game I remember being so frustrated with the most was Street Fighter 2. Oh, it was just the game Johnny talked about. <laughs> Street Fighter 2 was the type of game that I, when I got to M. Bison, mm-hmm. and he would always beat me, or like I would have him, and then it would be like one of those kind of like late, last second punches, you know, where like I die instead of him. Yes. Or one of those type of things. <laughs> and I remember it happened, and it just kept happening at one point, and I got so frustrated. I grabbed the controller and I was about to throw it at the TV. Yeah. And that was the first time I really kind of like saw the rage. Like, wait a minute. And so I had to stop and I was like, oh, this is, and I think I turned the game off or something. But I think that was like the first, that was kind of the first experience where I realized like, man, this game is really frustrating me to a place that I, as a, I don't like, (laughs) you know, like, uh, and I'm competitive. Uh, I played a lot of sports growing up and all this type of stuff. So it was one of those kind of things that it was really frustrating for me not to be able to beat. Yes. That's also just such a like surprising amount of 
uh, awareness and restraint from a child to like recognize all of this. Cause I think that's still something that will occasionally happen to me where I'll be a little angry and I like want to yell. And then I'm like, Oh, it's not a big deal, but I'm also a 31 year old person, not like a, a little boy. So that's, <laughs> That's so yeah. interesting. I mean, I, hey, don't get me wrong, as an adult, when I'm playing games, especially sports games, and something happens that shouldn't happen, I'm I'm letting them hear it. I'm letting the yeah. screen hear it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So it's an eternal, more of an eternal struggle than just something that you that we all grow out of. Okay. Um. So that's cool. So I love that I asked you a game you um took an interest in, and, and your response was a game that frustrated you. That's incredible. Um. Do you have a uh? Did you continue gaming uh, like consistently through your like your childhood until like high school and stuff like that? Pretty much. I mean, like I said, I played a lot of sports, especially in high school. I spent a lot of time outside with friends, mm-hmm. but you know, during that time, I played other games, but that was pretty much like the era where you know you would. Because nowadays, it's like if you were trying to play with people, you could just play online. You don't have to be in the same room. Yes. But that was like in the era where, you know, everybody's going to somebody's house to play like Madden or yeah. NBA Live at the time, you know, or or like different sports games and stuff. And totally. then seeing who's the best out of everyone and, uh-huh. and or figuring out different ways to be able to do that. Like I remember one year, uh, me and friends, we how, how we would play is we would basically make – uh, in NBA Live, we would make a redraft, and okay. then, so we, then we would all draft players for our teams, yes. for our respective teams, and then we would then just see who was able to, who would, who, who basically could win the most games with yes. That's so fun. So I I love when games have those fantasy draft modes in sports. I would uh, do that in some games too. It's a fun way to mix it up. That's cool. Um, so man, NBA Live too. I just. Like remembering the one with like Vince Carter on the cover, and I think mm-hmm. Jason Kidd maybe was on the cover of one too. Mm-hmm. Um, like that would be a game that I definitely I know I said the one that first hurt me, but NBA Live, any of of those kind of things, those will be the games that I feel like probably I'm gonna say impacted me, but more yeah. so just because those are the games that I played the most as a totally. child. Uh, you know, using my imagination, pretending to be, you know, creating players and doing all this type of stuff. And, yes. And everything like that was definitely the game that definitely had the, I don't want to say influence because I don't know how it influenced me. I'm not in the NBA, but definitely is one yet. that I spent a lot of time doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> don't give up hope, Ronnie. Um, that's really cool. Uh, were, is there, when you think of uh, your you know, the games that you've played, maybe besides a, a couple that you've already named, are there any uh, other games that really stick out to you as ones that you really had a lot of uh, fun with or that were meaningful to you that uh, you haven't talked about today? Uh, I will say one specifically. Yes. There was this game on Nintendo, and the game is called Maniac Mansion. Yes. And I remember... I don't know how I came across this game. I think a friend had it or gave it to me or I borrowed it from them or whatever. Uh-huh. And it was the type of game that as a, I don't know how old I was, maybe 10 or something. It was the type of game that as a child, basically, it seemed kind of scary. Because <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the premise of the game is it's like a group of friends. Think of like Scooby-Doo-esque friends. Yes. You know, um, and... 
they basically break into the house of this kind of weird scientist or whatever it is. Or like one of you, because they have to find another friend who seems to be lost or something like that. And so what you're doing is basically sneaking around this property, trying not to get caught. And it's like this big kind of scary mansion, like science lab type thing. So you're going to different rooms and you're finding things and you're hiding out and like you're getting called. And when you get caught, then, you know, rather they throw you out or they like kind of put you somewhere. It's like this. But, you know, it's like ominous 16 bit music and all type of stuff, like everything about it. So as a, as a 10 year old, it was very, it could be very kind of scary to play. Yeah. um, In certain aspects. And I never beat it. I think I, I think I got to the point where like I would get close or like get to a certain point and then like I would die or whatever. But then, like I said, I just kind of, I kind of backburned it. And like I said, time, it also gave me, you know, some sort of anxiety to play it in that way because it was kind of, because I was kind of afraid about it, you know, because, you know, you got a kid brain. Totally. But as an adult, when I got, um, when I realized that for a Dreamcast, you can use it as an emulator. Yes. For, uh, uh, for games like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, whatever. I used the Dreamcast that I had as an emulator. Like a friend of mine, he gave me uh, the disc with like every game on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so that then as an adult, I played Maniac Mansion and I beat it. And it's one of those times, and it's one of those things of being like, I was so jazzed about beat. Like it's, I shouldn't have been this excited about beating yeah. this game, which by the way, I beat way quick. Like it was like, <laughs> it, it was not like, oh yeah, like, what um wasn't as challenging as you remembered it it i mean i didn't i'm not gonna say it like i beat it like it was the easiest game in the world yeah but if i spent many nights trying to beat that game and then i beat the game and like within the first five tries that i played it after it on the emulator um but i was still excited to beat it but it was one of those things that i remember being as an adult sitting there being like man how was i afraid of this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Especially such an early, like an early, like a Nintendo original game, right? It's like not close to looking realistic, but not at all. But to, at the time, it really is. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I I'm very familiar with that game. I've never played it, but it's a. I'm pretty sure that Lucas Arts did it, uh, which they did a lot of these really cool point and click adventure games, and this was right. an early one. Um, before like I don't know if you ever played The Secret of Monkey Island or anything like that. But they would go on to do those games. Um, anyway, that's 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 really cool. Um, you, uh, for re- I, I do want to know one other thing. I kind of just a couple more questions about your history with gaming. The okay. first is, do you have a f- like an all time favorite console? Uh, I would say probably between the PS One or the PS Two. Okay, cool. Now, clearly, obviously, PS4. I haven't had played a PS5 at the time, but you know, hopefully, if you, when you're hearing this, maybe I'll have it by then. Um, <laughs> but, and I can recognize the notion of like, you know, graphics and everything being totally. great and all this type of stuff. Hence, you know, a game we're talking about today. But I would say that those hold a special place in my heart simply because, and maybe more so. The PS One because that was really tra- uh, tra- trajected me into yes. the the 
the kind of love in a sense of like really of video games and that next level of video gaming. Uh-huh. Uh, so those really had an effect on me. So I would say like a PS one. Cool. Or, yeah, I would say a PS one. I would say a PS one. I'm gonna go PS one. Nice. I or mean, just a PS, oh, just a PlayStation, because I feel like a PS one is a specific PlayStation. Yes, <laughs> I, it's the little place. one. Right. Yeah, that's actually the one that I that I do have. Uh, it's really cute and small. Uh, but anyway, I, I relate to that a lot. My favorite system is the N sixty four, and it is one of the worst Nintendo systems. Uh, so I totally get that. Um, I, Nintendo sixty four is one of those games that. It's, it's, I had never really got into. Yeah. And as somebody who played both Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and whatnot, it was kind of one of those games that it was around because friends that I know had it, and everybody loved GoldenEye, yeah. and everybody loved Mario Kart. And Mario Kart is one of those games that continue to live on even yeah. as an adult. And it's one of those games that I just never played, so I can't play it. So anytime anybody's having like a Mario Kart party or whatever, I can't join in because I can't play it. <laughs> Like and I have kind of little interest in it at all, so it's it's like a Nintendo sixty four is one of those systems that really just kind of passed me by. Yeah, I well I think I do know because unfortunately I do know a lot about the history of video games and specifically that era. Uh, That was when Nintendo was dethroned finally, and it was by PlayStation because uh, I can I could get into that even more. But a lot of people miss the N sixty four. It didn't sell very well compared to the other consoles and especially the PS1, but that's really cool. Um, uh, do, let me ask you yeah. this. Do you know the game system? Oh, why am I blanking on this? So there was a game system that was kind of in between the the era of the Nintendo 64 and the PlayStation, and I, it was called like... This is going to sound so wrong. Like a Jaguar. It was. There's, it w- there's a Jaguar out there. Is that the system? I think it's. Let me go ahead and look it up, and I'm pretty sure that that is a video game system. Uh, let's see, uh, the Atari Jaguar. Made when did that it, come out? In 1993. Hmm. I don't so, think that's it. No. Because uh, it was. Um, God, I, I, that can't be it. It was. There's a system that a friend of mine had, and it was kind of one of those things that we would. If everyone's like, oh, we're going to go play, like, let's play like a PlayStation. And it was like, well, I got this. Yes. And, it, and you'd be like, oh, this seems like a knockoff thing or whatever. But I remember it being like a game that I had never heard of. And still to this day, that's the only person I know that ever have it. But it was like a game that really had, it was like a game, if you remember like Tekken's or all this type of stuff. Yes. It was, or, or, it was a game that had like the graphic, like the, the graphics of like a great game. It was like, oh, this is some good graphics for yeah. the time. But I remember just nobody had it. And I just remember being like, where did you get this from? Was like, it, I wonder if it was the the Neo Geo. Because they had, because that was one that I think was incredibly expensive. So nobody had it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also in the 90s. So it could have been that. I mean, could have been. I just, I don't know why. I guess I, that'll I, be I, some post-pod homework for me i don't know it how could i i'm failing at my job here um no, it's okay i mean i thought maybe i would be able to say it and you would just know it but it feels like you don't so you know it's okay you know everybody, get dis- everybody gets disappointed every now and then yeah we uh, nobody's perfect i guess um well the last question i have for you is uh has there been a game maybe in the last couple years uh maybe two years or so that uh has uh stuck out to you that you've played uh said it again 
has there been a game in the last like two years for you that has really stuck out to you that you've enjoyed? Uh, yes. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Nice. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit. You were considering this one for your episode. Right. And I, I mean, steered you to Hitman. You did. I mean, <laughs> you didn't really steer me. You actually were like, and so we're doing this tomorrow, right? And I was like, I guess we are. <laughs> <laughs> I th- yeah. Uh, I could get into the nuances of the text exchange, but it's not important. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people, many people love that game. Did you play it like when it came out or was that more recently? Like, Because it, no, it came was- out in 2018. Yeah, that was definitely a pandemic dive for Yes. Me. A lot of people, I think it specifically in the pandemic, finally gave that a shot to it. Yes, open world, I'm sure. And they have an online version. Yes, that's so right. They, you know, it goes crazy. But yeah, it is kind of like, but but it is kind of like in just like a GTA 5 or something in within the game as opposed to like being outside yes. of the game into like the okay. online version. Uh, what did you then, yeah. enjoy about that? What was your experience like? Um, I mean, I think the same thing that is kind of the same reason why I uh, wanted to talk about Hitman, maybe differently so, but I think I like the idea of, somebody who it's almost like having somebody be able to go oh, out yes. and experience the world yeah. <laughs> so i don't actually have to <laughs> you know like i get to go out and do things that yeah. maybe in my real life that i wouldn't want to do or have interest in doing but then in the game it's you almost can just do it in that way it's like so i don't go fishing in real life but on the game <laughs> yeah. I'll, sometimes i'll just be fishing and it and it'll be like and I'll have to look and go, like, are you just fishing in this game? And I'd be like, Yeah, I guess I am. Like <laughs> that's I guess great. I'm just fishing in this video oh, game. I love that. Um, well, very cool. Uh, thank you for uh, letting me ask you about your history with games. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about all things Hitman. So, Ronnie, I will see you on the other side. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Of course, here with Ronnie Adrian to discuss Hitman. Welcome back, Ronnie. I hope the break treated you very well. No, it was rough. Dang it. Ugh. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll make it up to you uh, on the rest of the pod. Um, I'm excited to get back into this uh, and actually get into this game for the first time with you. And like I said, uh, as we uh, kick this off, I'm just going to share some brief history and context. Uh with the listener just in case they're not familiar and if you want to jump in at any time or if you happen to be like a historian about this game feel free to share anything you like um i'll I'll take a listen and then see okay cool uh yeah we'll let you judge it um hitman is a 2016 stealth video game developed by io interactive and released episodically for windows ps4 and xbox one from march to october 2016 It's the sixth mainline entry in the Hitman franchise and the first installment in the world of Assassination Trilogy and the successor to Hitman Absolution, which came out in 2012. Um, 
the singular player, the single player story follows genetically engineered assassin agent 47 as he goes on a worldwide adventure and solves a mysterious series of seemingly unconnected assassinations. It features a large number of open-ended sandboxes that agent 47 can freely explore. It presents the player with various assassination opportunities, many of which are unconventional. IO Interactive introduced a live component to the game with new content being regularly delivered in downloadable form. Uh, According to the dev team, Hitman is a puzzle game with action and stealth elements. The devs refined the simulation and artificial intelligence of each level, and the game adopted an episodic model, and the team envisioned the game as a service, which is now very common among uh, games. Um, Not every game, but a lot of games are just games as a service. Uh, Upon release, it uh, received positive reviews, with critics praising the release format, locations, level design, and replayability. And it was followed by Hitman 2 in 2018, a direct sequel. Um, Are there any like just basic bullet points about the game that you think are important for the listener to know before we get into your general history with it? You're basically, I wouldn't say James Bond because you're not as cool, but you're basically like some sort of stealth assassin, basically. Yeah, just going through different sort of objectives and levels uh and doing assassinations as i think they call it um Mm -hmm. cool (laughs) Um, yeah nothing to do call it that uh well let's get in to your personal history with the game uh was this your first game in the series that you had played no okay gotcha no i played hitman on playstation 2 originally Okay, gotcha. Um, what did you... So you were already a fan of the series, right? Or was this like, oh, I liked it and just sort of gave the new one a shot because you saw it had good reviews or something? Well, so here's kind of the reason why I chose this to talk about. Yeah. So for many years, I really stopped playing video games. Okay, gotcha. Like every now and then I would get into maybe like an NBA 2K for a little bit, but that was pretty much the extent of like of me playing video games. Yeah. Because, you know, as a person who is working in entertainment, it felt kind of frivolous oftentimes. Sure. And it's kind of dumb, but it would be like, well, I can't just sit there and play video games. Like, I, I, I got to be out there on the grind. Yeah. I got to be doing these shows. I got to be writing or whatever. And, and mind you, I was still feeling that time not with the things that I said that I would be doing. <laughs> yes. So it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't as fruitful as I would have wanted it to be. But, you know, over the course of the pandemic, when that happened, and then finding yourself having all this time and not being able to really go anywhere. Yeah. That was kind of the moment where I kind of got back into playing more uh, video games, but even more specifically, more role play games that had kind of these, you know, aspects of them that would kind of allow you to experience that world in a way that felt like you could experience it without the actual objective of the 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 uh, the actual story of the game. Sure, and so 
that's why when we talk about Red Dead Redemption earlier, that was one of the reasons why I like that. But that's also kind of another reason that I like Hitman as well differently. Sure. Yeah. Um, so like not you're basically saying it's not necessarily like the story and the and like the main mission that was bringing you back but you're like it's kind of fun to just like like be in the world and it's kind of fun to because another thing about this game if you're not familiar with it is there's multiple ways to beat it or multiple ways to achieve a goal let's say or yeah. to do an assassination and and all those different ways then make you have to achieve certain other things as well so like you might have to kidnap somebody and then take their clothes and dress up as them and pretend to be them in a setting where nobody knows who the person is or you know having to go intercept some phone call or something from somebody else before this so it's a and and so there's multiple ways to be able to complete a mission sure and there's other multiple objectives within missions that you can do and so i think it's really interesting and you know for my type of brain where just having to be like sit there and perch or be quiet for a while (laughs) or just have to kind of blend in and it's kind of real slow and sluggish it's not so much just a run in smash and grab type deal or just going in be reckless because if you go in there and be reckless then you're not really doing the job the way you're supposed to be doing it yeah um uh you know to me that's kind of one of those things that i that i like about the game that i felt i didn't have the time for beforehand because as you can imagine that also then it's time consuming. Definitely. Um, but it, 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 it's kind of one of those things that really kind of speaks to my, the things that I like about video games. Yeah. Now I've never played a, a Hitman game, at least maybe the one that you're talking about today is it is every mission just vary on how long it can take. Is it however long you take to do it? Or do some of them, like you're saying, you kind of got to like wait around for, I don't know, a guy to go from his car to his office, for example. I mean, so, yeah. So there could be. So. Interesting enough, when I played it, when I was younger on PS2, it was kind of one of those things, like you said earlier, where. I was thinking, oh, yeah, I did kind of like this game or I, I remember liking it or, or just rem- vividly just remembering different scenarios because sure. a lot of that one took place in snow and all that <laughs> stuff. So I just remember a various different kind of like snowy backdrops and the character kind of like running through stuff and all this type of thing uh-huh. and trying to do all these kills and stuff and whatnot. So when I was thinking like, oh, well, I beat Red Dead and I want to get a couple more games – to play it was that that game and last of us yeah uh, stuff like that where i was like oh okay like these kind of travel kind of like apocalyptic kind of (laughs) type of things whatever really leaning into it (laughs) yeah i really was i really i really went for it um so with so in that particular aspect and i don't remember if the same if that's the same or not. But what happens was I got really into the notion of just being like, I want to get other games that I remember playing when I was young. Yes. So, so in this time span, I ended up getting final fantasy seven again, Metal Gear Solid, 
like Max Payne, which is a game I didn't play when I was young, but it was a game that I always wanted to play. And just yes. a few other games of that ilk that was like, oh, these this is what I remember playing as younger. Yeah. And so when, the, when I went into Hitman, I said, oh, it seems like they have a newer version of basically the old game. Yeah. And then I said, well, I could just get the old game or I could get the newer version on PS4 and see what that looks like. Yeah. So then I just decided to get that instead. That's great. Um, man, I can really relate to you talking about both both things you shared. Like, oh, I want to get some games that I used to have and maybe didn't. But then also the ones that you always that like I maybe coveted or was like, oh, I don't have this system. I can't play this. But he has it. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Did you uh, quick um, uh, tangent, I guess. Did you how did you play get Final Fantasy seven? Was it on the original PlayStation or did you get it on like the PS4? No, I have Final Fantasy seven on the original PlayStation. Oh, wow. I have the game. I ordered the game and it was actually relatively easy to get. Yeah. And pretty and not expensive at all. Really not that expensive for what I thought it would be. Totally. And then it was like, oh, yeah, it's like this. It was like. But I guess also people were like, you don't realize people don't really want play, uh, PS1 games. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they don't really want original PlayStation games like that. So this is fine. Especially um, a game that sold as well as that one that is still so widely available on disc. Uh, right. And that you can play now on almost, I think, every modern system. You can right. get that game. So it's like, why would you? So that's thankfully, honestly, a nice reason why those prices aren't going to be like, Sky, won't have skyrocketed whereas there's a lot of nintendo games that nintendo just doesn't release and then mm. those old copies are really expensive because it's the only way to play them unless you right. i mean you can emulate them it's just total. i'm totally cool i with. can tell you one playstation game that i periodically look to see if there is an affordable version for me to buy Ooh. and it's always very high and if you do find one, it's usually like some sort of like import that isn't the same. Yes. And that game, ladies and gentlemen, is Parappa the Rapper. Oh my gosh. Uh, I didn't realize that one is so like tough to find or expensive. Mm-hmm. That is one of those games that for whatever reason, at the time, I don't really think it was that earth shattering or yes. whatever. But then it became one of those sleeper game finds that now is very hard to get your hands on at a reasonable price. Uh, I had a friend who had that as a kid and I just did not understand it. And I like, Mm -hmm. didn't know how to play it, but Mm -hmm. I know people loved it and I wish, yeah, just, I wish I, I I never had it. I borrowed it from a friend and played it. And I can't remember if I beat it or not, or just got really far or whatever. And never thought anything of it. But then as I continued to get older, I was like, oh, what about that game? I remember that. Yeah. And then I, that was when I realized, like, oh, man, yeah, like this is not an easy game to get your hands on. No. Oh, gosh. That's uh, so such a bummer that it is. It's a tough to find. Hopefully someday I'm, I'm going to hope for you. Also, we're, we're, we've been predicting the future on this episode in five years, too, uh, when not only is uh, – grand crew in its fifth season and hit its stride and ron ron's on but you have a ps5 and it's widely available but you're also going to have Parappa the rapper how about that mm, okay i appreciate that i appreciate all your predictions you're so welcome um uh qu- ooh, question for you about hitman um what do you have like a mission 
or like a part of the game that really st- uh, sticks out to you still that you had a great time with? Um, I think, interestingly enough, there are... So just to kind of explain a little bit about this game, particularly this newer version, because... And by my memory, it feels like it's this is where it's kind of different from the older version, which is so within that there are multiple ways to complete a mission, which is basically to assassinate a party or the multiple parties, depending on how many people that you have to assassinate. Yeah. So let's say there's eight ways to do a mission. And then within that, there are 15 different objectives that you can or cannot hit. OK, depending on and. Within that, depending on what mission you you do, there are certain objectives that you have to do in order to to achieve that mission. Yes. So, for example, there's one where, and this is the one I'm remembering, where you're basically you have to assassinate this the this mu- uh, this musician who's the son of this big kind of like billionaire uh, newspaper guy or whatever. Yeah. So in that, you can assassinate him in many different ways. And I think one of the cooler ways is you get to sabotage his microphone. So, But you have to find the the, the faulty mic first. Oh. Um, and then you have to go into the thing and, like, work the, the actual machines and stuff. You have to blend in as a character and, like, work <laughs> the machines and whatnot. And then you have to kind of wait for the moment where one of the guys is talking about how something seems to be wrong with the wiring or all these other different things or whatever. So then at that point, you kind of just sneak into the booth, you know, like put on the faulty thing, and then you kind of just sit back and wait. And so the guy could be upstairs in his hotel room or just doing whatever. So you don't know how long it has to be. Sometimes you have to like do something that kind of jump starts the, the movement or whatever. Yeah. And then sometimes you just have to wait. And then <laughs> the person will just come down at some point, you know, like being all rock star or whatever. And then, as you're just sitting back there waiting, then he goes into the booth, and if you did the the faulty mic version, he'll kind of go into the thing or whatever, and then you'll see the shock or whatever, and you'll see him hit the ground, oh. and everybody comes like, oh, what's going on, or whatever, blah, 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 whatever, and that's when you kind of just sneak right out the back or yeah. whatever the thing may be. So in within this, there are multiple different ways to achieve a mission. So I think the kind of completest in me is something that I fight against because then it's like, you're doing stuff that has that means nothing. But then yeah. there's also things being like, there's an objective that I can do that I haven't done yet. So, oh, I wonder what it'd be like if I if I assassinated him this way. Yeah. What if I did it if I assassinated him this way or assassinated him this way? So it does that thing to where it's almost like I'm beating a mission like seven times before I go to the next mission. Yes. Because you can continue to um when you restart, you can continue to restart and then those the missions that you've done or the 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 ways that then ways that you've assassinated them are like are blacked out yes or, uh, grayed out whatever so you're like okay i did that mission so now i want to do this one or oh, okay i did it this way so now i want to do it this way or whatever so it's just interesting in that way because like i said as somebody who's a completist and as someone who loves to you know like really explore different things and just like see the multiple different aspects of an of the outcome of a single scenario it, it really speaks to me in that way. That's really cool. Um, and I could see why that would be fun to just k- keep revisiting a, like a mission or a level uh, to get those. When, right. Because also yeah. in that, 
if once you beat it once or twice, then you start to kind of know the ins and outs of certain aspects of that yes. particular uh, mission. So then you know where you're going. You have a better sense of where you're going and sent in that way. And then so when you start to really beat it and the, some of the other ways, you get to kind of complete them faster because now you're not sitting there looking at the map or trying to figure yeah. out what part of the house you're in or because now you know where to go and how to do the things and who to avoid and all this type of stuff. But that happens only after you beat the first mission or whatever. And that could take a few hours. Yeah. Like <laughs> but doing then it for after the first that, time. Then you can kind of do it and then it becomes easier and easier, but there's still a lot of hours to be, to do achieve on one mission. Totally. Is, is it, did you have fun doing that initial discovery period, trying to like suss it out and find the patterns and what you need to do to execute that assassination? Or was it, challenging or frustrating to either do it and fail or yeah i would be interested to hear what you felt about that to me i think it's fun yeah i mean because in a thing like this there are missions or certain aspects that you think you're doing it right and you're still getting caught or you're like maybe if i could do it like this and or maybe if i try to what if i try to take this guy by throwing a can at his head or whatever (laughs) and then you hit them in the head with the can and it doesn't knock them out and then they catch you and then it's kind of like, oh, shit, now I'm right. You know, <laughs> there there are moments like that that are like, oh, yeah, not necessarily frustrating, but definitely like, oh, shit, damn. Or, yes. Um, but, you know, I think the aspect of like exploring and figuring out the different ways and finding the different stuff and then, you know, and a lot of times self-discovery and then sometimes, you know, being aided by the internet. Yes. Being yeah, like, of hey, course. What, are, what are some of these things on the, you know, <laughs> uh, like, and, and even those are still fun to me to be like, okay, well they're saying this is, this is what's available or whatever. So then going and then now going through those things and finding stuff or whatever, like that's also fun. But to me, that's what makes it fun. Like, yeah. I like the exploratory aspect of, of, of a game like that. Totally. And I think those are the games that speak to me the most. Like, I like the notion of, yeah, there's going to be violence here and I'm going to welcome the violence, yes. but I also like the story or the build up to my violence. I'm just not someone that's being like, and this happens is you walk in and you shoot a bunch of people and that's kind yeah. of what the, the objective is. It's like you do that, but there's a lot of other stuff around it that, that continues to keep you engaged in the game. And I think I'm a big story guy in that way. Yes. Uh, and so that's why those speak to me th- th- like that. That's fun. Uh, did you, is it one of those things where maybe after you do the fir- the mission the first way that it, it lists like, oh, like uh, you can do it, you kill him using this item or, uh, or is it more vague like, hey, what if you tried to do it? Like, does it no, hint towards it? No, right at the beginning, they tell you what the objective is. They kind of like show you some stuff. So it'll be like, have you ever seen like one of those Bond movies or something? It's yeah. being like, the, your mission is, and you know, sometimes <laughs> yes. they'll be like, you meet the woman and so on and so forth. And then they'll have like a scene where they're showing you what the woman looks like and all this type of stuff. And maybe seeing how it would go in the best case scenario. Yeah. So they kind of have a little bit of a before scene like that when you're being explained to by the, your, the, head of head person uh-huh. you know that that ominous female voice that's just kind of telling you what to do like agent 47 you yeah. have to da, 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 whatever <laughs> and but in that then you have options and they'll show you like when you click the thing that is like here are all the ways that you could 
killed this person. Yeah. Know? Or and here are all the objectives that you can do to do these things. And here are so they have a big uh, already like a list of things okay. that you could do, and you don't have to do them all. You could just do one thing and continue to keep moving. Yeah. But they show you that there's so multiple different options that you can do to complete this mission if you want to do them. That's fun. Uh, weird question about th- this game or maybe these types of games. Do they ever like uh, pull the rug out from under you when you're like, oh, this is something I can do? And then you try it and this and the game sort of flips on its head or is do they not really pull punches like that it's sort of like no this is a way you can do it and it's always yeah no i i mean for me my experience not in a way that's like well that's weird that that happened yeah it's just more so like certain aspects where you think you're getting over on somebody or it's seemingly like oh this should be a very innocuous scenario sure and then somebody's like hey wait, wait a minute what are you doing and it's like oh you shouldn't have caught me <laughs> yeah. like you're the guy like you not you like now yeah. now everybody's on red alert or whatever like so they'll have moments like that but there is hasn't been anything in my experience that i was being like well that was just a, a real big bait and switch yeah you know? okay interesting and if like you are I'm just asking questions about the game now. Uh, if you are caught in a moment, is it, do you have the opportunity to like sneak away and like things will like calm down, or is it like over? No, you have moments where things. Well, in certain aspects, so let's say like if you do something and then there are three multiple assassination options in this direction. So there are times that then if you were to let's say, get caught or get noticed, let's say, or even raise somebody's suspicion or whatever, it could take one option or two options away from you. Okay, so gotcha. Because if, if it'll be like, well, in order to complete this option, you still have to keep up your stealth or you still have to, people still have to think that you are the person that you're impersonating or they yeah. have to still think that whatever these things are. So, but if now the option is taken away from you or people are becoming more suspicious, then you might can't complete the mission in that way anymore. But you can still complete it in this way or whatever. Or gotcha. If so there so it's it's like that. So when you're com- doing a mission, you could do something and by doing something it kind of shows you like, oh, this is probably the realm that you're in, which is like, let's say like you talk to somebody and then and then on the screen it'll go like, hmm, maybe look into uh, the so-and-so. And that lets you know like, oh, they're trying to push me towards this mission because this is a connection that oh, you make sure. in, when you want to do this aspect of killing somebody or whatever. Okay, or gotcha. Or assassinating somebody. So, it, it, so it'll be something like that. Interesting. Okay. Very cool. Um, I feel like I've got a really good idea of what you enjoyed about the game. Um, and what was was some of the things that were fun and interesting to you is there anything about uh, it's crazy that it's like oh it's been long enough to where like the beginning of the pandemic when you were playing this was almost two years ago or maybe it wasn't the beginning exactly for you um but at least a year maybe um yeah what do you remember (laughs) it feels like a dumb question because it's we were all going through a lot of the same stuff but is there anything about the context or like what you were going through uh, that you want to share about uh, like when you were playing this game? Well, I think because 
the initial impetus of why I'm playing the game in the first place harkens back to my remembering of playing it uh-huh. as a teenager uh, and being and, and enjoying it. So to me, it kind of harkened back to the idea of just wanting to be able to kind of experience different worlds, let's say, yeah. with some sort of an objective and knowing that, you know, but you're still going to get that action kick that you want. Yeah. So for me, you know, obviously, like we all said, it's the pandemic. So you're not really doing that much. <laughs> and But it was kind of like being able to play something in a very carefree way and being able to spend a lot of time on something and a lot of time with something in a way that you didn't, didn't feel guilty uh, that you weren't doing something else, you know, more quote unquote um, productive. Yes. Because this is during a time that no one was being productive, no. you know, and if they were, they were the anomaly because everyone else was kind of getting their bearings back or recuperating from, you know, the, the, the pandemic. Basically. Just like stealing it, stealing everything away from everybody. Uh, right. It was like an opportunity or, not necessarily an excuse, but like a chance to just like unwind a little bit and like let right. go of all, all that stuff, at least for me. Right. So, yeah, I can relate to that. Um, were you uh, – you're playing this on your PS4. Uh, was it just – were you just like playing in your room? Were you playing for like extended periods of time? Was it like, oh, I play it an hour here and maybe come back to it every so often? Yeah, it's very hard for me to I, – I, I, I got better about it especially in the second go round of playing Red Dead Redemption yeah. where I would be like, you know, all right, I want to play maybe like an hour or two. And uh-huh. then when that hits, I got to get off of it. Yeah. You know, because otherwise that can go on for like four or five hours <laughs> yes. and you're like, man, it's one o'clock in the morning. What are you doing? You've just been riding your horse around the, you know? So in that same regard, I, I would have to, I don't say I would have to, but sometimes I would try to set, a, a sort of a limit yeah. on myself just so I didn't get too caught up in it and it made me more uh focused about what I was trying to accomplish when I was started when I was playing it. Yes. But with that being said, oftentimes I failed at that and I would <laughs> often spend multiple hours playing something or giving myself even more time. So I'd be like, all right, well we're only gonna play from like twelve to two and then cut to five o'clock and I'm like, you have to get off the game. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh so it, it would it would fluctuate in between that. Okay. Yeah, it's funny still feeling that even without having the normal pressures that you would have or the feelings from life, still having that instinct uh, mm-hmm. during like this period of nothingness. Uh, mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Um, uh, very cool. Um, is there anything about uh, your experience with this game, uh, that whether it's contextual or the game itself, that you didn't get to share about quite yet? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I, mean, I think it's just one of those kind of fun things that, you know, honestly, I'm still kind of exploring in a way. And they, I think in this particular series, they have like three, three. So it's him and one, two and three. Yeah. So it's really just interesting being able to, like part of me is, is thinks I'm just enjoying this aspect, but once again, it, the completest in me is being like, well, then I also have to play two and three, right? Like, I gotta <laughs> see what that, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then it's also being like, do you really want 
to have waste that much time and that become that's what the question becomes yes interesting uh i've i don't know what the feeling around two is but three came out earlier this year which you might know and i think it was really well received and a lot of people really liked it Mm -hmm. both on i think it's on a bunch of i think it's on a few platforms well even before i got it i did a bunch of research because i always like over research most of the things that i buy especially uh, especially if it costs real money. Yeah. And, you know, for this one, I was trying to decide which version of it that I would get because apparently it's there's probably like just a base version, but oh, okay. then there's another version or other versions that have different aspects. So seemingly like, and here's the part where like now I become more of an aficionado. Yes. Is that, you know, when it first came out, there was different versions that, you know, like when you pre-order something, they'll give you like, maybe like a different uh, uh, two extra levels or something or sure. like different uh, like skins, a costume, you know, yeah. like, or whatever the thing or, and, or if you get this tier of this thing or whatever, like there's these particular missions that aren't in the game that are separate from the actual game that you can do thing, whatever. So, because basically when I got it, it was, it had already been out. They basically just did a whole complete package of it. And then so everything that had been outside of maybe the original version, they just all put it together as options. So on the thing, there's still the regular story, but then there's other things that you can also then choose from as the character, not within the the particular story. Okay. That goes like, and here are these stages and all this type of stuff. So it's almost not overwhelming, but there's a lot to digest when you start playing this game sounds like it um well very cool um well thank you so much for sharing about you know your experience with hitman from 2016 uh that was really fun to hear from you uh before we go and wrap up the show i do have a couple of fun uh post show segments prepared for you um the first of which is the fact me by your game segment where i just share a couple of fun facts about the game with my guest. They could be uh, development history, Easter eggs, uh, secrets, cheat codes, whatever. Um, and I've got two for you today. The first of which I have titled Hitman 007. So regarding the story, uh, the dev team placed more emphasis on the game's narrative because they than the previous titles because they observed the, that the market wanted quality drama as they called it following the success of the first last of us game in 2013 and uh vote one of the uh games developers uh noted that there was a genre change for the franchise with hitman 2016 uh unlike the previous games in the series which are more of crime thrillers as they called it uh the 2016 game was seen as an agent thriller kind of like you were talking about earlier uh james and the uh, vein of James Bond inspired by uh, Casino Royale um, and probably some of the other recent Bond titles uh, and has a more adventurous and aspirational tone than the older games which are as they describe more cold and cynical um, you did talk about the James Bondiness a little bit kind of that's what this character is like um, in a way did you get that sense uh, of like I guess the, the adventure uh from this game i would think so because like i said 
remembering what I remember from the old game. Yeah. I wouldn't say that it was cut and dry because obviously there's still a lot of elements of being able to complete an assassination and do all these kind of things and have to wait for stuff. But I think in this, there is a lot of other more story aspects and there's a lot more, I don't want to say heart, but definitely you can interact with people more in a way that feels more real than just like the notion of a a computer talking to you. Yeah. So there's an interaction level that way that I would, I would say by my memory feels a lot stronger than the past Hitman game that I played. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I was interested to hear, you know, your take on that after reading that information. Um, The second one that I have for you is an Easter egg. And there are a ton of Easter eggs in this game. I was looking up, just Googled Hitman 2016 Easter eggs. And there's a whole page of like every level in all the Easter eggs. It's kind of impressive. Uh, But the one I wanted to share, I have titled, do you want to build a table? Kind of like, do you want to build a snowman? I'm sure you're a huge frozen fan, Ronnie. Um, There are numerous Easter eggs in Hitman Uh, during the prologue. Uh, on the work table near the there, I guess there are some mechanics around. There is an IKEA instruction book uh, that is uh, just lies open on the work table, and it shows that the entire uh, ship must be on the ship or something is one big set sold by IKEA. Um, so there's just I guess the developers want to shout out IKEA in this game, but uh. I should send you a link to where I found all of these because there's a ton of them uh, in there. Um, that'll do it for the Fact Me By Your Game segment, and I'll lead us into the last one, the game recommendations. And this is uh, my one forced tie into the movie Call Me By Your Name, where I'm going to treat Hitman as uh, your passionate summer love that you're eventually going to move on from. Uh, and so these are going to be suggestions based on some traits in the game uh, based on what you sort of told me today. Um, the first of which is um, if uh, you would like to, this is sort of actually based a little bit on your, some red dead stuff is if you just sometimes like to do things in games that uh, you wouldn't normally necessarily do in real life, sort of a task based stuff. I'll go ahead and recommend animal crossing uh, new horizons uh, for the Nintendo Switch. Um, it, it pretty much the same tone as this game, I'm pretty sure. Pretty you sure? <laughs> Animal Crossing is the same tone as uh, Red Dead? And and Hitman. I mean, they're, oh, okay. uh, they're, they're huh. right in line with each other, it feels like okay. to me. Okay. Um, the, uh, the next game I'm going to recommend is if uh, you uh, are just wanting to play another spy game, uh, specifically one maybe tied to our friend james bond that we've been talking about i'll go ahead and good rec- buddy good, good buddy of both of ours yes uh we're we're, we're just chum- we chum it up with uh agent 007 oftentimes mm-hmm. um then i'll recommend the movie tie-in to james bond casino royale which is available for i think the gamecube uh ps2 and i think the xbox as well um and I'm going to try to come up with a third one off the top of my head. Um, okay. Let's see. Oh, I've got one. If you you were talking about how uh, – about the different objectives in this 
uh, game and how through on different levels you are able to uh, go through and uh, complete not just have to complete a few different objectives to get to like a final one like an assassination to like trigger that but also that there are a bunch of different uh, side objectives you can do so I'll go ahead and recommend a more modern game and um, wait the, the title just escaped me what is that game? <laughs> Why can't I think of this right now? <laughs> Ooh, okay. This is bad. This is terrible. Um, what's it called? It just came out last year. Um, takes place in San Francisco. Um, I'm like, don't even know what to Google right now. This is probably, this has got to be my best recommendation ever. Uh, what? what? <laughs> oh, I want to say, is it? Have you heard of Saints Row? Is it Saints Row? I mean, is it? I mean, I don't. But I don't know if that's what you're talking about. I, sure. I, I'll be able to tell you in a in a second. I'm. I also sort of feel like I'm thinking of a of a different one. Um, no, it's definitely not Saints Row. Well, you know what, Ronnie? I kind of think we're never gonna know what. <laughs> so this is my. This is officially the first suggestion that is we don't even have a title for. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Play- yeah, play games that uh, have a bunch of different objectives in them. Um, okay. Wow. Uh, if it comes to me, I'll uh, I'll go ahead and let you know. Uh, gosh, okay. what is – I'm so – cool. I kind of feel like it's kind of funny to leave it off right there. Um, mm-hmm. That'll do it for the game recommendations. And, Ronnie, that does bring us to the end of the episode. Um, so uh, before we go and I plug uh, some stuff on our way out, just wanted to say thanks again for uh, – doing this with me and talking about your experience with this game. Mm, no, thank you for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate being able to talk about games and my, you know, on again, off again, love affair with game culture. Good. Uh, I'm glad it was, it was a really good time. Uh, is there anything that I know? I feel like you said no earlier, but is there anything that you did want to plug now that we're at the end of the show? Um, not particularly. I mean, Bones Adrian, that's my name on like Twitter and Instagram if you want to, you know, follow yes. me there. If not, you know, that's up to you. But that's, but if you want to keep up with stuff that I'm doing or whatever, that's where you would find the information for it. So cool. Awesome. I'll be sure to put a link uh, to your social in the show notes. Um, and yeah, I'll go ahead and close this out with some plugs of my own. Uh, the cover art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find him and his other wonderful work at uh, on Instagram at Glenn with two N's dot J-A-Y. Uh, of course, you can support the show on Patreon. Um, you, listener, you can do it. Uh, and we have a bunch of wonderful patrons over there um, who uh, get to enjoy content at all tiers. We have a few different levels for you. Um, and the co-op episodes of this show that I was recommending earlier are available at the $10 tier. And like I said, most recently we covered God of War. Um, you can also, uh, support our producer, Jeremy Schmidt, uh, and his show, Video Games, a comedy show. If you're listening to this, when the episode comes out, we just did our big game of the year episodes that are absolutely insane and crazy. Uh, but you can go find out what we gave awards to there. Uh, and I am on social media at Connor underscore McCabe. And sometimes I stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cons is cool. 
69. That'll go ahead and do it for this episode of Call Me By Your Game. We will see you on the next one.